Welcome back to Tonight Movie. I am Sarah, as always, joined with my dearly older brother, Mr. Benjamin Turner. Today we are talking about the American Western film directed by Howard Hawks, Red River, released in September of 1948. Yes, that is the correct number. And Ben, would you please tell us the plot of this movie? Uh, the rancher Thomas Dunson, played by John Wayne, created a prominent cattle ranch in South Texas over the span of 14 years with help of his right-hand man, Nadine Groot, and adopted son, Matthew Garth. Due to the lack of necessity for beef at the end of the 14-year period, Dunson sets off with his team of ranchers to Missouri to sell the cattle. The ranchers face many obstacles along the way with both internal and external factors. It's a fictional, this is essentially a fictional account of the first cattle drive from Texas to Kansas along Chisholm Trail. And so, to not get any confusion, yes, we did mention Missouri and Kansas, because at first, like, they're headed to Missouri, and then along the way, they're like, no, we're going to head to Kansas, and that's kind of, that is important. It's one of the plot points. It's one of the plot points, and... We are going to spoil this movie because I think we both very much have strong opinions on the ending of yeah. <laughs> said movie because <laughs> we did not like it one bit. So mm-hmm. just to, I kind of want to talk about real quick about the script and it was, I didn't, I found that it wasn't too complex or anything like that. It right. was just fairly simple and to the point. Yeah. It's based off a short story, but published in, um, what magazine was it? New Yorker. I can't remember. Uh, Saturday evening post. Yeah, there we go. Um, and it was, uh, yeah. So, and it was adapted extremely well. Um, I, can and agree I, think, that. That, I think that contributed to how good the script was. Yo, yeah. Cause the same writer who bored on chase, he wrote the story and the story itself was called what was the story itself called? I can't remember what the story itself was It was, was like called. along the Chisholm Trail or something like It was like, like Blazing Guns Along the Chisholm Trail. I think that was yeah. the title of it. Yeah. And he helped write the screenplay. Mm-hmm. He, he So he brought his input in. I want to know why he decided to change the ending, but again, we'll get to that. Well, I think it was... Uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Because we'll spend to pro- definitely prominent time. A couple minutes, yeah. <laughs> because, prominent amount of time on that because we both did not like it. I will say one thing I didn't like, and I don't know if it's more of a script thing or more of a cinematography editing thing, because um, they do writing transitions in between, like, in between, like, um, scenes. Did you see that? Yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen, actually. So the oh, version, really? the version we watched, <laughs> the original version's actually lost to time, so to speak. That was released in theaters in 48. Um, and the, and the <laughs> which there's an interesting, like, story to go along with that on its own. Because uh, the movie was originally finished in '46, there was a big lawsuit Assume, with Howard yeah, Hughes, Hughes and Howard Hawks because we Hughes, need two confusing names. Oh yeah, um, Hughes sued Hawks. Yeah, and it, they spent two years like meticulously editing it because Howard Hughes thought he was being plagiarized, well, and Hawks and the wasn't. studio didn't really feel like fighting him too much on it. Um, they just edited. Yeah. They just went back and forth on editing. Yeah, exactly. Until it so, was now. Yeah, and the yeah. original part had no. Uh, the original movie didn't have any of those transitions at all. Um, and then the version we're watching is a re-edited version done in like the 70s, I think, for TV. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, because- that's an interesting thing. Yeah. they uh, The studio didn't like the um, the writing transitions either. <laughs> it was – they were too – well, now knowing that um, – I guess, like, I didn't really see much of a need for it. And I didn't mind them in the beginning. But they would put them up for maybe 
five it felt like maybe about five seconds five to seven seconds but you couldn't read all of it yeah and so again i don't know if that was a writing thing or cinematography Mm -hmm. editing thing i couldn't figure out i didn't really like it a whole lot and also they didn't really specify the time jumps because it got really i got kind of confused at the beginning granted there there was really only one time jump yeah but it was just kind of confusing for a split second because i couldn't tell like oh is this a time jump or is john wayne who plays ted dunn no, Thomas. Tom Dunson, sorry. I almost said Ted Danson. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think Ted Danson was alive at this point. Yeah. Um, but I had a thought and I lost my thought. Ignore me. I lost my thought. <laughs> You're good. Because I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, dorky morals, the so, ending. <laughs> yeah, the ending. The ending was... Here we um, go. Here's our I mean, the entire the movie ending. is essentially about Tom Dunson going crazy. Yes. I mean... And then all of a sudden, at the very end, he just he's in a fight with his son, and then the love interest comes along and yells at him, and then they're okay. Like it's it's a stupid ending. It, it really, really is a it stupid really ending. Is. Um, and and originally, uh, the original ending had Tom Dunson sort of pay for his crimes in the sense that he tries to kill his son, and his son kills him back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was like he, yeah. his, his son well, not kills him back, but you know, his son actually kills him after the entire movie. His son trying to like was, keep was, his father from dying. Um, I think it was another guy who tried, who was going to kill him. I think it was Cherry. Or, um, yeah, maybe maybe been, uh, I think it was Cherry. Cherry. Yeah, one of the, anyways. He dies and then he gets brought back to the ranch. Um, and it's a it's a essentially the original story that was written in Saturday Evening Post. That's it plays into the original theme of about pride and stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would have preferred that. Re- yeah, I would have preferred it too. And I think John, so John Ford, who worked with John Wayne on a couple movies, and John Wayne is the lead in here, and he's, John Wayne, it's like one of the first movies, I I can't think of another movie like this, um, and it exists, I just can't remember it, where John plays, (laughs) John Wayne essentially plays the heel, which he almost never does. So, and he'd already been done Stagecoach and The Searchers, I think, with uh, John Ford, and John Ford watches Red River, and which is John Wayne it's essentially sl- slowly going stir crazy um and being blinded by pride and stubbornness mm-hmm. and John Ford looks at the mo- at the movie and he sits here like holy crap that big son of a can act <laughs> that was his the exact SOB, words the SOB can act yeah exactly um and it made him respect uh, John Wayne as an actor more cuz i mean he matured from you know being you know uh you know Pilgrim guy, like, <laughs> what you got there, Pilgrim or whatever yeah. he says, um, to being like the, the ultimate icon. hero to being, you know, this guy. Well, because um, I think this was also one of the, John, when I think Western, I think John Wayne, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also not that huge in the Westerns. Right. And so, I, again, if someone out there is like really huge into it, please do not come for me on that. <laughs> I'm just not right. hugely into them. But that's who, who I think of. Especially during the time of spaghetti westerns, and so, and I think with this film, and with you know John Ford, like that sob can act. Yeah, it helped him kind of establish himself, mm-hmm. like even more so. Yeah. So I, you, you kind of delved into something I want to talk about a little bit, which mm-hmm. is Tom going a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs, um, just just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> and it's interesting to see. I, let's kind of give a slight backstory on this. So, essentially, at the beginning of the film. You have Tom Dunson, Tom Dunson, and um, Groot, who's his right hand man. Who, by the way, Groot, one of my favorite characters in this entire film. And he, the two of them, 
they pick up a stowaway not really a stowaway but i guess an or an orphan of sorts and his name's matthew garth he's lost his family and he lost his family in a fire due from the indians pick him up they they settle in the deep south for this ranch and make a ranch and over the course of 14 years and then you get a little time jump and 14 years later the three of them they're kind of up on this ranch and with a whole bunch of i think it was like 10,000 cattle and a lot of ranch hands so and the two people that lead it is Dunson and Garth with Groot kind of leading the carriages and kitchen stuff right hand man he'll follow Dunson so they're like okay we're gonna head to Missouri because there's no really no need for beef here there's not a need for beef and as they're on this way with them and a whole bunch of their ranch hands and 10,000 cattle mind you which is a lot and so that's that, and that took, I think, they said, like, three months just to get to their final destination. At one point, they're like, no, we're going to head into Kansas. And that's kind of when John Wayne, or Ted Dunson, not Ted Danson, Tom Dunson. Tom Dunson. <laughs> I will get this right, I swear. <laughs> that was kind of, and over the course of that period, um, when they, when kind of there was a, there was a mutiny of sorts um, at one point, where they all decided to head to Kansas and not Missouri, because Missouri was just too far out there which just was not going to work based on everything that had happened it's interesting to see over the course of the movie how dunson just goes slowly more and more crazy it's in the sense of he's not getting sleep he's already you already tell from the first scene of the film that he's an incredibly stubborn man full of pride where he's not going to change his mind and it's his way or the highway no matter what. Yeah, and he he almost kills a guy over it. Um, yeah. He almost and then he almost lynches t- yeah two other guys over it. Uh, and each time it was uh, his son who was the one who like stopped him from doing it. Um, because I mean, <laughs> they just you know fought a civil war over forced labor. Like <laughs> essentially, yeah. he's forcing them to work, and they're and the guys are going like this is too dangerous. You're going crazy. We're gonna leave. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll just hang you from a tree then if you don't do it. Yeah, and he... Or I'll flog you if I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. And at the end of the day, like, some of them, like, they were just left behind. And yeah. Left. So, like, my question is, like, at first we see Tom just as a stubborn man. Mm-hmm. Then we kind of see him, I want to maybe say paranoid. Yeah. At one point. And then he starts eventually going crazy. Do you think that... And it I, just and I think the movie just justifies his stubbornness in the sense that, like, it's, it's allowed him to survive this long. Yeah. But now he's kind of getting to the point where, you know, like... It's I not mean, even yeah. stubborn. I don't even know if it's stubbornness at one point. By the time they all decide, no, we're going to head to Kansas. I don't think that's stubbornness. I think that's just sheer pride at one point. Well, early on, like, uh, it's they're talking about, like, how his ranch has survived song because people keep trying to take it away and he's too stubborn to let it go. So he's just killed people who've tried to take it away from him. But that also leads into a lot of other issues. Yeah, exactly. To the point to where people are fearful. Yeah, exactly. To where no one will st- really stand up to him. Like, you have some people who do, but then, you know, they die. Yeah. And it's not until um, Matt, his adopted son, to where he looks at him. He's like, no, you're going crazy. You don't know what you're doing. You haven't slept. You're drinking a lot. You're, he's drinking yeah. a lot. Just so many factors to the point to where he's like, no, I'm like, I'm going to take charge. We're going to Kansas. Which it did work out in their favor. And you even yeah. have Groot, who has blindly followed, not to say blindly, but who has followed Dunson. Yeah, for years, over almost uh, 20 years at this point. Yeah, because he's like, no, I'm going to follow you, good friends and everything like that. And I do think at one point, 
uh, Groot, he fully believed that Dunson is like, it, and Dunson is like not a terrible man per se. He's not a good man, but he's not a bad man. Yeah. And I do think at one point Groot's just like, yeah, I'm going to follow you. You know what you're doing. Um, I think you're going to create a really good life for us. Mm-hmm. And I do think he fully believed that at one point. But over the course of this trail, Groot's just like, dude, you're going nuts. Mm-hmm. And he even tells him at one point, you need to get some sleep. Like trying to get through him. Hey, you're losing your mind. You haven't slept. You're drinking so much. Take a breather. And he and then Dunson pulls a card of like, no, if I sleep... Or if I stop drinking, or if I stop doing this, that, or the other thing, like my ranch is gonna be gone, like Haddle's gonna be gone, or whatever. I think it's just interesting to see how that just progresses over the film to where he just finally breaks when they all go to Kansas and leave him behind. And so I just, I find that very, a really great character development in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think it was very much well done. And it wasn't out of nowhere. Cause sometimes I feel, when you watch films where you have a character that's kind of going a little nuts, it doesn't have that sort of buildup. It's kind of like, oh, now you're kind of nuts. Where did the buildup come from? Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of out of nowhere, which can go good or bad depending on the film and, mm-hmm. like, the character. And so then I'd have another question. Should Tom have killed those men? Like, at one point, Tom was, like, going to kill a lot of people. Should Tom have killed those men because they didn't want to finish the journey when they all decided? Oh no, absolutely not. And they even <laughs> said like the law is on their is on our side. And yeah, he says, "Oh, I'm the law around here." He's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm the law around here." Like yeah. I'd say, "Like I'm what going happens? to hang you from a tree." And yeah. then that's when uh, Matt goes, uh, "No, you aren't. This, <laughs> no, this no, madness no. will stop." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you think though he was justified in being mad when people were like, "No, we're not going to follow you," though? Was he justified in that end? He was just fine being mad. He was not justified, justified in the reaction. Like, yeah. And murder. Okay, this is gonna. It's gonna sound. I don't know why. This is the first thing. I, this is what I'm thinking of now. So after we watched Red River, I'm also currently going through the Avatar Last Airbender series. Has <laughs> been will attest. I think. I st- what is it? It's a Tuesday now. I started it Friday. I'm already halfway through season two, so I'm binging it. But I was watching one of the episodes. It was a filler episode to where you have um, the Avatar and his friends. They're like in someplace in the Earth Kingdom. And the and Aang, who's the Avatar, he is accused of something he did in his in a past life of murdering someone, which technically he did, but not in the way that they're saying. And you have the mayor of the town who's like, "Yeah, you give your case, I give mine, and then I decide who is right." So it's kind of biased, where it's like, "Well, dang, no one can win." Yeah. It was just very interesting to her. I watched that episode right after we watched this. I'm like, "Oh, it's like yeah, a lot of people still probably think that way." Where uh, it's like, we give our cases, then one of those two decide who is right and who is wrong. Which is very biased and not also a good way to run a justice system right. and a law system at all. Hold on. I think I had like another question and I can't remember what the question okay, is. Good. So we're going to move on to cinematography. Because I think we beat some of the scenes and Tom yeah. Dunson to yeah. death at this point. <laughs> so uh, I have to say, I'm usually not impressed by uh, cinematography in older movies, but... I definitely enjoyed the vistas, and it was it was a little bit classic western in the sense that yeah. sometimes the camera would just hang on the scenery for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, not a couple minutes, more like a couple seconds. But yeah. you know what I mean. But they would pan it out to where you can see the west, and it felt like a thousand mile journey. Oh yeah, and you can definitely see that. See that, and yeah, because it is a thousand miles, and it is long, and it is treacherous when you have all our ranch hands, ten thousand cattle, to which they lost some cattle on the way for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so just, 
I also like the fact that I feel like they did take advantage of the shots, which I'm happy they did. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things where I'm like, could they have taken them out? Yes. And a lot of the montage shots, like to kind of cut the time. They could have, but I'm glad they didn't. It looked like it was all on location too. Like actually on the traditional trail. I couldn't find like where online, like where they did it. Um, And by online, I just mean Wikipedia and I didn't really do much other research, (laughs) which I probably should. But I I agree. I like the fact that it was all on. Uh, what was it? What was, what was the word on? I I'm brain fart on. Not on a soundstage. Frick! Why can't I think of the word? I, you just said it. On location. Thank you. Okay. I couldn't think. Of, I could not think of the word location. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. <laughs> I shouldn't be, but I am. But they took advantage of that, and I like the fact they took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Do. You, think that they should have used sound stages at any point no why is that um i mean they probably did at some point but i didn't really see much uh mostly because i'm thinking of the scenes like except for a couple indoor scenes like i don't know if it was possible uh because i don't know if green screens were like prominently used at that point no i mean no no they weren't at all Uh, years prior Oh, no, and I mean, you, it's always cheaper, as we've known we're, uh, in our lines of work. Um, it's always cheaper to shoot on location. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, except for, like, a couple things. So, it was, plus it looks better. I like it. It looks a lot better. <laughs> I, th- I think when done right, it can go very well. I think this was a film to where it was done right. In the mm-hmm. sense of also, A, there's really no other option but to do it on location. Because, you know, it's all outside. And you have them following a trail so there's really i guess like no other way to do it Mm -hmm. um at least at this um like in this time period in the 1940s to do it on a soundstage because i'm thinking myself how do you do that on a soundstage at this time period if we was if this was being made now probably Mm -hmm. like we like we've seen like what they do with action movies like a lot of it's green screen and cgi so they pro so if it was made today a lot of cgi would have been made but i would not have i don't think it would have had that same effect right which is why I think also, just slightly switching movies, why we also like Dunkirk a lot. Right. Or where, Revenant, honestly. Re- Revenant, Revenant is too. almost all on location, which the vistas are absolutely beautiful. Uh, I've not seen Revenant. It's okay. Uh, yeah. It's it's a good movie. Um, it was, it was not Car- the movie Leo should have won <laughs> yeah. the Oscar for, but it was still, he should have won an Oscar, just not for that movie. At least he won one, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I think, I remember what, I think everybody who was watching the Oscars I think we all let out like a giant scream. I think still scream. the top Reddit post of all time is the announcement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would not surprise me because yeah. I think everyone was just like, just give him the Oscar already. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it at this point. <laughs> He's been nominated how many times? It was fantastic. So we kind of, like, we already kind of talked about like some scenes and how like, for me, a personal favorite is just, it was a combination of just dunsing going cuckoo for Cocoa Buffs, mm-hmm. as I've said. So do you haven't was there any one specific scene that stood out to you not really um probably let me think no not really it was it just kind of it all gelled together pretty well um no it, they, it all had the same i'm not gonna say pace but except for the one scene at the end oh good god yes i didn't there, none of them actually stood out <laughs> i'm gonna be honest yeah i yeah i kind of agree with you on that i will say aside from the scene of like everyone not everyone, but a uh, Dunson kind of slowly losing his mind. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite, just 
side stories is between Guru and was it Tu Jaquo and the dentures. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really stupid story, like little side <laughs> story, but it was funny. So essentially, um, Chu Jaquo, he's one of he's an Indian and he is like is that like he's one of their cooks and ranch hands, mm-hmm. I believe. And he um, he helps Guru out a lot, but they were doing a like they were they were doing betting. At one point, I think it was poker. Were they playing? Poker? Yeah, they were playing poker. Groot ends up lose, uh, betting his dentures because he thinks he's gonna win. Turns out he loses. So two, he has, he has to give two jaw quo his dentures fifty percent of the time. Um, Except so, when he's eating. Yeah, I know. So Groot needs it when he's eating, and sometimes when he's talking. Yeah, and at one point, there are a couple times in the movie where two jaw he just looks at him, he just holds out his hand like, "Give me your dentures now," and he's just like, "But I'm using them in a couple hours." He's like, "I don't care. I want them. Give them to me." It was a really kind of like a like not really a stupid side story, but it was it was it was funny. It yeah. was funny. I will say, uh, any personal favorite characters that stood out? Matt, I liked Matt a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell he was like, I, I liked Matt. I didn't. I thought he was going to be the bad guy at the beginning of the movie, honestly. Um, but turns out he was the good guy, which I liked. <laughs> Why did you think he was going to be the bad guy? I'm actually very curious. I, I about thought that. it was the storyline was going to be uh, the young upstart trying to like take over his dad's business too early or something like that. A resentful son, maybe. Yeah, a resentful <laughs> son or something stupid like that. Um, turns out it wasn't. He was just, yeah. He's, he's just following his dad and like, yo, dad, you're you going nuts. Yeah. Exactly. I would say I like Groot just because he had a random side comments that mm-hmm. were funny. I'm not gonna lie, I actually was kind of partial to Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan died early on from a stampede of cows. Spoiler, mm-hmm. but it was just—he was just kind of a sweet man. To where he's just like, he's like, you know, he's like, you know, what I'm gonna do with my money. I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna get some good food. I'm gonna buy my, my wife a pair of nice red shoes. Mm-hmm. It was just so sweet. And kind of going off that, I know I'm talking a lot, so I apologize. But at one point, he says, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy, buy some nice red shoes." And then he dies. And so I think this is also at one point to where we see a lot of just, I guess, empathy and human, a little bit of um, like a human part of Dunson to where when he dies, he's like, okay, get the money that Dan earned, give to his wife mm-hmm. and buy her something or just get her whatever she needs. And to where he wanted to say the red shoes to where Matt looks at him and is just like, get her a pair of red shoes. Was, I find it very interesting. You just kind of sort of, kind of sort of see a little bit of human in him. And that was really one of the only parts of the movie you do mm-hmm. for Dunson, which I And next scene, like. he tries to and tries kill to the people. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was short-lived. Yeah. It was very short-lived. So could you take any of the characters out? Would you say? No, they all contributed pretty well. I don't think any of them were. It was a low-fat story, so. This true, and there was not. I mean, he had like the two main characters: Matt, uh, Dunson, possibly Cherry. Not really. He's more. Yeah, of a Cherry didn't really do as much as I thought he would. I'm gonna be honest. Um, you know what I thought was gonna happen? I thought it was gonna be Cherry and Matt, kind of form a form an alliance of some sort. I'm like, oh, they were gonna fight each other at some point, but they never did. They built it up and then they just kind of abandoned it. True. Another anticlimactic point of the film. Yeah. I'm sorry, the ending. I still can't get over the ending. I'm so mad at the ending. Because it's like you have all this time of like Dunson like, I'm gonna kill my son because he went against me and he has all these men and you know at one point like they're beating the crap out of each other and then you have this freaking love interest who by the way had no point in being that Gosh, movie she actually was so annoying no we can take her out <laughs> we yeah we can take her out there we go we that's a good take character to take out. out we can 
take Tess out. Her name's Tess because she had really. She was just crazy. She not crazy. She was just. She was annoying. It was, was just annoying. like, I love. She, I hit. She like hits, uh, Matt, and then says, "I love you," and it's just kind of like, "You suck. Just get away from here." It was. It was weird. Yeah. She was good. She only should have been in those few scenes at first. Yeah. She was good for those few scenes, um, because her, because she and who Dunson met at one point, to where Dun Dunson realized was like, "Oh, Matt is a lot like more like me than I believe," mm-hmm. and that was. I'm like, okay. That should have been the end after they meet each other and he goes away. She should not have come. One of them should have died. Yeah, it exactly. Have, it would have made it Yeah, the studio better. was like, oh, it's going to be too dark. It's like, no, it would have made for a better story. It was already dark at one point because he's like, oh, I'm going to hang them. Yeah. So, so it kind of, they kind of like passed that point of, oh, hey, we're going to kill them all and everything like that. So I know I kind of slightly talked about the pacing a little bit, but do you think the movie was too fast? Not at all. Did you? At first, I thought it was at the beginning, just because like, oh, we're traveling to the deep south, to to the deep south of Texas near the Rio Grande, and then there's a time jump, out of kind of not only out of nowhere but out of nowhere in -hmm. a way, and so I'm like, oh, is this gonna be like kind of like how it is the entire film? Thankfully, it wasn't, which I enjoyed. Had another question. I can't remember my question. Do, 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 do. Oh, something just something about westerns in general. As we know, I, as I said, not huge on westerns. You've watched more than me, mm-hmm. and because I, I know you watched the entire uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly trilogy. Yeah, the tra- trilogy was it the Dollars trilogy? I think it mm-hmm. was. Yeah. So, I guess my question is, because at that time period, um, during spaghetti westerns, John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, that whole westerns were. I want to say we actually were very popular mm-hmm. at one point. Why do you think that was? Does my question make uh, sense? No. It, it does. Do I don't know how to answer so, it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's probably more of like a historical question. Um, like, true. Yeah. I didn't think you would have the answer, yeah. but I'm like, let me, let me pose it. Okay. But, uh, but over, I guess another one would be over the course of, you know, time and everything like that. I don't want to say Westerns aren't really as popular because they still are definitely being made they're just not as publicized i want to say yeah they just aren't you know the big budget movies they used to be they used to be despite the fact that you do have a lot of logan is considered a western movie mm-hmm. um i've not seen logan i need to um but and like unless it's like kind of like a big budget film you don't really like see it as much do you have an do you have an idea of like why that's like it because i've been racking my brain on why they're not as i, guess, I mean i think popular. we just kind of uh, as a culture we just kind of uh, ran through it. <laughs> same way, same thing with musicals. But we don't have big budget musicals much anymore. Um, we still do have big budget war movies, but not literally like like the sixties. There's a seventies. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, and same thing's gonna happen with superheroes. It's actually already kind of happening as uh, yeah as like some of the revenues are starting to dip. Um, and yeah, it's uh, superhero movies are gonna be the same way. They'll still be made oh, yeah. in twenty years. They just won't be nearly as popular. Do you think that Western, like that Western films, make a comeback? I don't know. It's interesting because we haven't film as an in, like as a both an industry and an art form hasn't gotten to the point where you've exhausted all of one where anything's repeated. Does that make sense? No. Well, I mean, any of the genres have repeated, like oh, like they've experienced a revival. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. I don't think it's going to be the next big trend. I don't know what the next big trend is going to be. Uh, but I definitely think it's going to be... I don't know. I don't know. That's I, an interesting question. I think... I think at one point it will. I just don't know. I think I agree with you. At one point it will. I just don't know when. I think the next. Um, I think the next big trend is either going to be musicals or war movies. Hmm. I think it's one of those two. Okay. Because whenever a new musical comes out, everyone just goes Gaga. Mm-hmm. And then whenever a new war movie comes out, because lately we have Dunkirk and then what, nineteen forty-one? Which one? The, no, not nineteen forty. There were, literally, there's a war movie, World War, World War One movie, not 1917. 1917. I don't know. I was thinking 19. This movie was made in 1940. It's probably where my mind was headed. Mm-hmm. And so that I feel like those are kind of starting up, starting them up a little bit. And then you have Greyhound, with Tom Hanks that just came out a couple months ago. So I feel like it's going to be one of those two that will have a huge resurgence, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't complain on either one. I'm kind of preferring more maybe musical i don't know mm-hmm. but that is what we have on red river thank you for listening to us by us i mean mostly me rambling <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you ben for letting me ramble on that <laughs> uh thank you all once again have a great day